Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, good news for coffee lovers. Drinking two to three cups of coffee a day may help you live longer. <laughs> and guess what? This is good news for me because, yes, I am that person that loves this after dinner. Decaf works, too. Ooh. Second, Little Caesars <laughs> has been spotted testing a brand new dessert. It's the Rainbow Blondie Bar made with Skittles candies. Mm. Uh, they're trying that out in Memphis, Tennessee and Oxford, Mississippi. And finally, in the world of food, McDonald's is selling Happy Meals for adults with a twist. It's all about nostalgia. You get a Big Mac or a 10-piece chicken nugget Happy Meal, and it comes with a toy from your childhood, a Grimace, a Hamburglar, or a Birdie figurine. <laughs> I wonder if the adult Happy Meal costs more than, Ooh, than the kid. I need to Happy find meal. that out. That's a great question. Huh. It should, yeah, because it's a bigger meal. My mom used to, her and, and her uh, husband liked to go to McDonald's, and they would get, they would get a Happy Meal and split it. Whoa, that's calorie control right there. Well, I think they just weren't, they were old and they just didn't eat as much, <laughs> didn't eat as much. My, it, my, wasn't, it wasn't that they wouldn't yeah. have liked to have had more. They uh, were just like, oof, I'm full. <laughs> my mother-in-law, she always goes to Fuddruckers and get, she calls it, I'd like the adult kid burger, please. And I'm like, what? I don't know what that means, but it comes with a cookie token. Oh, there you go. Pretty cool. Taylor, do you consider yourself a reliable person? You're, you're somebody uh, people can rely on. Yeah, I try to be. All right, I'm going to give you I, a scenario. I aim to be. going to give you a scenario, and let's see how reliable you would be, okay? It's coming up next. So, Taylor, everybody else, you, you can play along with this, too. Uh, you consider yourself a reliable person, right? If um, you say you're going to be somewhere, you're going to be there, I right? sure try to, yeah. If you I'm sure I've let people down now and then. You're going to bring a casserole to the, to the church potluck? You're bringing a casserole, right? You're, you're doing all of those things. If you say you're going to do something, it's going to happen, right? Making you reliable. But are you reliable in this circumstance? Someone, they go, hey, I, I really need to get to such and such a place. I need to get to the mall. How, how do I get there? Are you reliable when it comes to giving people directions? Are you someone that people can count on to give them directions to get somewhere? I probably would just give them the full address and tell them to put it in their GPS. Right, I'm saying that that's not a thing. Someone says to you like, "I, I don't, I don't like to do that." Uh-huh. I just, just give me a landmark. Where do I go to get there? Um, Are you reliable yeah, for guiding I mean, someone? I tell you all the time. I get asked all the time when I'm trail running how to get to the bamboo forest because it's become there an Instagram go. sensation. There you go, and you're reliable to get people there. I, I never get to follow up and find out if they didn't, if they made there, made it there, and got lost in the woods. <laughs> So I do not know the end result of my direction giving, but I sure try out. So, so you're like that meme. I wonder what happened to all those people I gave directions to. Yep. <laughs> there could be a whole village of people living in the bamboo forest right now right. because you sent them there. I have seen a hammock there before, so maybe they live there. <laughs> all right. So you're, when it comes to directions, maybe a little sketchy, but everything else, you're fully reliable? Yeah. I think so. All right. So I think every family has been through this. You're late for church. Oh, it's the worst feeling in the world, right? Well, uh, a lady's husband is chronically late, and she's tired of being late for church. Wait till you hear the advice that dear Abby gave her on solving this problem. We'll talk about it next. Okay, so this woman wrote in to Dear Abby, Dear Abby, frustrated with my husband, he's chronically late, including to church. That's when it affects me. On Sunday morning, I'm walking in late because of him. What should I do? What do you think she suge- she suggested to her to do? Um, knowing how hardcore Dear Abby is, 
just take another car and leave without him? Bingo. That's yeah. what she said. She was like, tell him the time you're leaving. If he's not ready, go without him. Holy cow. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty harsh. That could create a lot of bad bad vibes between a husband and wife. No kidding, right? And who knows if he might be like, okay, I'm gonna watch I'm watching the NFL pregame show. Forget yeah. It. You know what I mean? That, and then, like, what if, like, then, like, what if the next Sunday she had tummy trouble and then he <laughs> left without her? Starts this horrible cycle on Sunday mornings. Here's what I think she should do. And I know this is this, this isn't in the Bible. She should lie to him about the start time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Get the church to list it wrong. On right. The website. If it starts at 10. Oh, yeah. Church starts at 945, <laughs> honey. <laughs> that way they're rolling in at 10. No problem. So every family's been there that one Sunday where you run late for church. Maybe it happens like three or four times a year. Um, It would happen in our family. You can imagine family of five girls, seven of us jammed into a station wagon together. Mm. You can imagine what the ride to church was like sometimes. (laughs) And then we get there and be like, good morning. This is the day the Lord hath made. But what would happen? It drove me crazy as a kid. No matter how late we were. Dad insisted that we marched down the aisle to the second pew that was, quote, no. our family's no. pew. And we had, <laughs> oh, it was man. so embarrassing. I just wanted to sink the through march the march of shame. Yes. <laughs> Think back. Do you remember the first time you ever found out you were going to become a mom or become a dad at the very, at the, for the very first time in your life? I mean, all the emotions of, will I be a good parent? How am I going to do this? I'm scared to death. I can't wait. Whatever it was. We can't afford this. Yeah. (laughs) And um, so it was the coolest experience. A couple months ago, I was hanging with one of our coworkers. We were making a video and I hadn't seen him in a long time because a lot of people are still working from home. And I'm like, so how's everything going with you? And he, he, I'm not kidding you. It's like he spontaneously started rubbing his brow, like almost like. I just got stressful news. Mm. And he goes, well, my wife and I are expecting. And I was like, no way. This is so great. This is that you've been waiting for this. And he said, yeah. And the reason he was rubbing his brow is it's twins. (laughs) Their very first pregnancy (laughs) is two babies. And so I ran into him in the hallway yesterday and I said, oh, my goodness, how is your wife doing? Is the morning sickness any better? I've been praying for her. And she said, oh, thank you, because she's doing so much better. And we found out what we're having. I'm like, what? And she said, it's identical twin girls. No kidding. I said, that's exactly like my baby sisters. Mm. They're identical. And he's all worried about being able to tell them apart. I'm like, don't worry. I promise you, as the dad you will be able to notice all these little differences, like one ear is lower and stuff like that. Like once Mm -hmm. you have twins in your family, it's pretty much a no brainer. But with my identical twin nephews, because they lived in a different state from me, it took me a while. I would Mm. sometimes whisper to my sister, who's the twin, who wasn't the mom of the twins. I'm like, which one is that? I can't remember. Which one is that? Is that Aaron or Isaac? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, it was just so fun to see his excitement. Wow. And but the biggest thing was, I'll never forget him first telling me and rubbing his brow like, this is really right. happening. The next time you saw him, he had no <laughs> eyebrows left because he found out they were having twins, twin girls. Oh, that's great. Congratulations.
Coming up in just a minute. You know, it's funny. I don't have my page open because I was trying to send you these adorable pictures of your girls when they were little. Oh. <laughs> Coming up, Meet the Entrepreneur is defying all the odds and giving back to his community. You should probably focus on your yeah. job. His Facebook memories. We'll do that later. <laughs> <Causing> trouble. <laughs> hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. Meet the entrepreneur who is defying all odds and giving back to his community. Ashton is 21 years old, has autism, and during the pandemic, he started his own cardboard box recycling business in Tennessee called Unboxed. Get this, he's already recycled 40 tons of cardboard, and he's ex- he just expanded. He has two locations in Lebanon and Mount Juliet. They asked Ashton what he loves most about his job. Interacting with customers, giving cardboard to people who are using it for gardening as well. We would like to employ others with unique abilities. His mom, Ashley, is so proud of her son. Hmm. And she is a small business owner herself, so she's really been able to guide him on how to get this thing going. Yeah, very cool. What a great story. I feel like sometimes you wreak havoc wherever you go. That is me. My, is that how you my roll? husband calls me destructive, and I've created a new way to destroy things. Wait till you hear what I've done twice now in just a minute. So I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm embarrassed to admit I tend to wreak havoc sometimes wherever I go. And my husband accuses me of being destructive. He says it's because I'm, I rush too much. Hmm. I need to slow down. And I have done something twice now. The second one was just today when I was getting ready for work. And I, I'm i very destructive. And it is cutting off labels. So a couple months ago, I got a new pair of shoes. They had like a, a tag across the tongue, you know, where you tie the shoe, tennis yeah. shoes. And I went to go cut that off. Like, well, I don't want that on the shoe I wear. I cut the shoelaces. <laughs> today... I wore, I'm wearing a new little jacket and I went to go cut the little hook of the TJ Maxx tag off of it that was around the, you know, the, the little label inside. I cut the back of my jacket. It has a slice in it. Like what in the world? And in what universe do I have to wait till the last minute to cut off the tag? I'm not going to take it back to the store. I'm going to wear it. So why do I wait when I'm rushing around getting ready for work? To cut said tags off. Well, fortunately for so you, annoyed with myself. the ripped jeans fad is rolling <laughs> full steam. So maybe people will see your jacket and just, just think go, it's the look. I got to get me one of those. <laughs> that looks cool. I'm actually hoping my hair is covering it up, you know, because it's back by the back of my neck. Uh-huh. That's where I cut okay. it. So that's my hope. But it could. what if I wash it and it starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger? I might have to go with your ripped jean <laughs> analogy. Man, I hope I'm not the only one, but I just, I don't mean to be destructive. I don't mean to rush. Mm-hmm. It just happens. Yet here you are with your broken wrist and your <laughs> your cut jacket and your no, well, my sho- wrist is no shoelaces. <laughs> yeah, I had to tie them. I made them work by tying them in a different spot. We need, we need to just put uh, safety uh, cones around you. I think you do. At, at all times, right? Uh. <laughs> so I have a solution for you. If you're just tuning in, Taylor accidentally cut the back of this new jacket she got. First, the cut's really yeah. small. Very small. Yeah. Um, I was using, I mean, like, fingernail scissors. Not even a half an inch long. Trying maybe, to cut the tag Maybe off. a quarter of an inch long. But uh-huh. I can see new jacket. You're like, man... 
This is why we can't have nice things, right? right? So here's here's the solution because it's made out of like a thick sweatshirty type material, mm-hmm. almost like fleece. Yeah. Um, get one like a small iron-on patch you would use, like your mom would use to fix a pair of jeans when you were a kid. Uh huh. And just cut it really small and iron that on there on the uh, inside on the inside to keep it from spreading. Yeah, because no way it's a dark jacket, and you're right, your hair is covering where it is, so it'll keep the the cut from spreading. That's a brilliant idea. I'm totally going to try that. There you go. Look at you, all the benefits of watching Project Runway for so many years. (laughs) That's right. High fashion, if you watch that show, is held together by a hot glue gun and duct tape. (laughs) (laughs) Picture this. Have you ever sold something at a garage sale or a consignment store and you're like, what? It went for that much money? I can't believe this. I feel like I won the lottery. Well, guess how what that happened to? They just auctioned off a bunch of Betty White stuff. You know, she passed away on New Year's Eve and I uh, was 99 years old. So they decided, you know, to do this three-day event um, at her Beverly Hills, California home. The and Betty White estate sale? Yeah, and they thought they were going to get, you know, just just about half mil they sold all her stuff and it brought in four million dollars that is the power of betty white like they thought this one lavender dress that she wore as rose um in one of her sitcoms that it would bring in about 600 bucks it brought in thirty-two thousand dollars for a lavender dress that betty white wore as rose (laughs) that's just one little example like a chair they thought was going to sell for about thousand bucks, sold for close to eighty thousand dollars. Wow! It's just people just loved her. She just exuberated, just so much joy and and the, there you go, the auction. Sounds like <laughs> four pe- four million dollars. Sounds like people with a lot of money loved her. Yes, <laughs> lots of money to spend. Wow! Coming up, what's something you worried about way too much as a kid? What's something you worried about way too much as a kid? For example, if you swallowed your gum, it would stay in your stomach for seven years. Or Mm -hmm. if you sat too close to the TV, you'd go blind. How about you, Kev? Was there something you worried about way too much when you were a little boy? Oh, gosh. I I can't think of anything in particular like that. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I I, I can't think of any massive worries that I had when I was a kid. I really did. This was a real one for me. I worried that if I stepped on a crack, I'd break my mother's back. I would be so careful on sidewalks. And uh, they did a recent survey, and some of the big ones that we worried about as little kids included if you went for a swim after eating, you know, that you'd get a cramp and that'd be dangerous. And that quicksand was taking many lives. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. We all believe that from right, TV. Right, yeah. Because that was. <laughs> That was the big one that any adventure show. Oh, no, quicksand. If yeah. you have something you were irrationally afraid of when you were a kid, we'd love to hear from you. So how about you? What's something you were way too worried about as a kid? Like for me, it was, I really thought if I stepped on a crack, I'd break my mother's back. Hmm. I would tiptoe around sidewalk cracks. (laughs) Maybe you were worried that if you went swimming right after you ate, you'd get a cramp because that's what your mom told you. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Hunter. It's Kevin and Taylor. So, so many people grow up being afraid of things like, 
I don't know. Like some people believe if you have sweets before bedtime, you'll have nightmares. So Hunter, <laughs> since you're a kid yourself, what's something you worry about way too much? Well, it was when I was a kid, really. When you step on a crack, you break your mom's back. I would either tiptoe around them, walk on the grass, or just yeah. hop over them. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> yes. Anything yeah. else? Um, yeah, the dark. I know a lot of little kids worry about it, but I worry about it a lot. No kidding. Huh. That's pretty natural. Yeah. yeah, that's that. a lot of adults don't like the dark either. Yeah. We're talking about things we worried about way too much when we were kids. How about you, Sarah? My brother, ever since I had saw that movie Jaws, the scene where the girl was out there at night, uh-huh. he always bugged me and my little sister or told me and my little sister that if you jump in the deep end at night, Jaws would be there. We would never jump in the deep end of the pool at night, and I'm 41 today, and I still get eerie about it. <laughs> I cannot believe you brought up that movie. My wife and I, we watched like the first half hour of Jaws the other day. I've never seen that movie. I don't like scary movies. And I kept leaving yeah, the room, and she's like, yeah, this thing is so old. It's not even. It's scary to know. I'm like, it's terrifying me. I said, I, I had yeah. friends of mine would not get in the swimming pool for weeks after seeing that movie. Yeah, and to this day, I'm 41. Yeah. If I jump in the deep end at night, I like swim like I'll get out to get to the little end. She's trying to convince me to watch the rest of it, and I'm like, no way. She even found, I think it, I think SeaWorld in South Florida on the 40th anniversary of the movie coming out, they did a showing of it. Uh-huh. In the wave pool? In their amphitheater, and you could pay extra <laughs> to float on an inner tube in the pool. That's awesome. Oh, no. No, me. thank you. <laughs> I think this is a great, this is a cautionary tale of how not to spend your retirement. This is maybe the ultimate get off my lawn story. This guy is uh, Jerome DeWald. He's like almost 80 years old and he lives in New York City and he likes to go for a walk in Central Park. And this just annoys him that these darn cyclists go through there, as he says, like they're in the Tour de France. (laughs) Jerome got so irritated with people riding their bikes faster than he thinks they should, that he got himself a radar detector and a bullhorn. Because he said if you yell at them when they go by, by the time they you, know, you yell, they're 40 feet down the road. The bullhorn handles that problem. He's so, Claire from Modern Family. He displays their speed and then yells insults at them through the bullhorn. That's hilarious. He does this every day. I bet you the cyclists have learned to just laugh it off. I'd stop. It's almost like an a, honor to get. I would stop and get a picture with yes, the guy. Yes, I could totally see you doing that. I'd be like, dude, you are you are unique, and um, I don't condone what you're doing, but I think it's interesting. <laughs> 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 could you imagine that? You've lived life that long. You know what I'm going to do with the rest of my days? I'm, I'm going to go yell down at people in a bullhorn. Get myself a radar detector. <laughs> I don't know whether to laugh or cry for him, but it's pretty wild. I'd like to know what his family thinks. Does he have loved ones? Does he have a wife who's like, Jerome, stop. You don't have that much time left. Just let it go. And will they say he died doing what he loved? (laughs) Yelling at people. I guess you know what they should do? They should give him a a all expenses paid trip to the Tour de France. Yes. And let him stand on the side of the road, and then he can cheer cyclists on. Like, send him to the Positive actual bullhorn Tour action. de France. Yeah. Right, exactly. So he's being kind of shy about this, our producer Griffin, but yeah. um, he totally came to his wife's rescue the other day. I convinced him to tell this story oh, good. in just a minute. All right.
Griffin's in the uh, studio with us, and Taylor was saying that you came to Sarah's rescue the other day. Wow, that's kind of a strong word. <laughs> that's what I, <laughs> I describe said. it. She yeah, said, she said you. I had think your, it's really sweet. Practically had your super suit on. There you go. Okay, sure. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. The other day we took the kids to like this amusement park type of place. Had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We stayed there way too late, way past the kids' bedtime. <laughs> so it's totally dark. We're heading back to the car to get in and go home, and my wife realizes, oh no, my key fob is gone. Her key fob for our car, somehow it was connected to her purse. It fell off. No. I mean, we were at this amusement park walking everywhere. There's no telling where this thing is. It could be anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Could have gone flying off the tilt to It could have, right. Who knows where it landed, right? (laughs) So she said, you guys just get in the car, and I'll go try to figure something out. So she goes and does her thing. I'm in the car with these two kids who are so tired, are totally at their limit, oh, are losing their mind. Cranky. They know we lost this key. My daughter Eloise, she's five, she's freaking out. Like, what if we can't find the key? How we'll are we gonna drive? Yeah. It's like, well, I have my keys, we'll be okay. Uh, yeah. She's like, what if we never get it? So Aww. she's really worried. Um, my wife probably it took over thirty minutes. She's talking to them. They wanted her to like talk to the park police and uh. file a police report and so it was this whole mess of stuff. It was crazy. Well, she does that. We finally get on the road going home. And when we're, when we're on our way home, the park, they call us. Hey, someone found your key, key fob. Yay. It's here. And we're just like, okay, great. We'll come tomorrow and pick it up, I guess. And this place is over an hour away from our house. So the next morning, I wake up first thing and drive all the way back out there and go to the little police station they have there at the park. And get the they have the key. They made me like describe it. Acting like it's this big. It's like no, it's, I know what type of key it is. Police Barney Fife. Right. She's like, what's on the key? I said buttons. I don't know. Like, she's like, oh, well, I guess if it doesn't work, you'll bring it back. I was like, yeah, I'll bring it back if it doesn't work. So, but it was our key, thankfully, all was well. Uh, but the fact that he just took that off her shoulders and said, mm-hmm. "Don't worry, babe. I'll do two hours of driving round trip." To go get the key fob. I thought that was, was so sweet. It was nice alone time. It was good. <laughs> I could catch up on some podcasts. And... Right. So there's something that if a nurse says this while you're in the doctor's office, you should perk up and pay attention. Okay? Oh, my. If the doctor like leaves and the nurse says this, you need to act on it. I'll tell you what it is next. So what I was going to share with you is something that if a nurse says this to you when you're in the doctor's office, you should probably listen to them. And this is based on, we've all felt this, you're sitting in the doctor's office and you feel rushed, right? You're going, Always. To, you're going to the doctor because something's wrong mm-hmm. and you want to find out what's going on. And to you, it's the most important thing in the world. To the doctor, it's the assembly line and you better keep on moving on, right? Mm-hmm. So they said, if you feel, these are straight from nurses' mouths, if you feel like you're being rushed, you are. That, that it is a thing and it's happening. They are trying to get in and get out. And that's mm-hmm. probably why the doctor is not really engaging with you. Because if they engage with you, they might have a conversation with you and that will take longer. And right. they've got to move on to the next one. Move mm-hmm. on to the next one. Got a waiting room full of you mm-hmm. that's waiting to see him. So that's number one. Number two, if you're having the chat with the doctor and they're not looking at you and they're writing on the chart and you're telling them all the idiosyncrasies of, you know, what's going on. And they're just answering with, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. 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 If they're doing that hit pause and say, is what I'm sharing with you helpful? Are you, is this helpful to you? And that may get them to engage with you because if they're in that, yep, yep, yep mode, they are, they're done. They might as well leave the room and write whatever it is on your chart outside in the hall because they're done listening to you. So saying something like that, is this being helpful to you, um, 
that may snap them back to engaging with you and you get answers to your questions. And then, because how many of us have driven away from the doctor's office going, man, I wish I would have remembered to ask A, B, or C, right? Mm -hmm. All of us. The last thing they say, they are not allowed to tell you that you should go to another doctor. The nurses aren't. But if the nurse says after the doctor leaves, it never hurts to get a second opinion. That is code for, I wouldn't let this doctor look at my dog. Whoa. Yeah, they're, and they're saying like Fascinating. every nurse has doctors they work with that are great mm-hmm. and doctors they work with that they wouldn't let mm-hmm. look at their goldfish. So if they say it never hurts to get a second opinion, you need to take that seriously and go get yourself a second opinion somewhere else. I wish healthcare were better. I wish we all didn't have to play these games and go through all this, but you know, that's what it is. And got to got to look out for yourself. You're your own best advocate, right? Okay. This is uh this is ironic Taylor. We're we're talking about question feeling like you're rushed in the doctor's office and that yes they are trying to rush you along and if the nurse says, "Hey, you should probably get a second opinion. You should get a second opinion." We we got done chatting about that and I looked at my phone and I had a voicemail from the periodontist. I was like, "Uh-oh." <laughs> they, they heard you. They didn't hear that. <laughs> Man, they're great. They're awesome. (laughs) It it is true. Like when you get a really great doctor or a really great nurse, it is like the biggest like pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Mm Because I remember I told the story on the show years ago when um, I went to an OBGYN that my uh, friend recommended. And I get in there and I explain to her that I had the worst pain I've ever had in my whole life. Thought I was going to have to go to the ER. And she did the thing. The last thing you ever want a doctor to say, she went, Huh. And I thought, <laughs> okay, oh, I know. She's going to wait till I'm fully clothed and she's going to meet with me in her office and we're going right. to talk through we'll, we'll what could it be. Have, we'll probably have a cup of tea. Yes. <laughs> Earl Grey. And um and so I get dressed and I'm like, what? And they're like, okay, you can go check out. And I'm like, wait, what? Uh, what is happening right now? <laughs> but um I just had one of our listeners reach out to us and of course this has to be so anonymous. But they said um, they're, uh, they work for a bunch of doctors, mm-hmm. and there's four of the eight that they wouldn't let their worst enemy go to those doctors see? for a colonoscopy. See? see? Yikes. Makes me want to get to know some nurses and go, okay, who should I go see? <laughs> <laughs> what right. OBGYN do you recommend? Because that's the only doctor I go to we once should, a year. We should start a Facebook group. Like Nurse Anonymous, yeah. <laughs> where you can you can spill the tea on on what's really going on with uh, with yeah. somebody because they're like mechanics or anything else, right? Yeah. Some of them are really good. Some of them are hacks, mm-hmm. and hopefully you get a really good one.